Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of September 22nd, 2020, and this is officially episode number 451, and this is your host, as always, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com, and tonight we've got all sorts of news, a lot of stuff in the cryptid field. We're going to be talking about some mysterious cats in the Northeast, as well as uh, a tiger in Tennessee. We'll talk about the uh, Sasquatch rumors up there in Wisconsin, as the uh, Department of Natural Resources has responded to that. So we'll talk about that. Uh, We'll talk about the Loch Ness Monster might have escaped. And we'll talk about uh, last year's number two story of the uh, top 10 paranormal news stories of 2019 as uh, it seems like 10 years ago now Uh, last year of uh, here on the paranormal news insider do the top 10 every year Uh, well at least the last 10 years and last year's number two story is uh, still having an effect and we'll talk about that we'll talk about tiktok i don't think we've ever talked about tiktok of course it probably just put me on some kind of government watch list just by saying that but uh, we'll talk about TikTok and UFOs. And we'll also talk about uh, a pretty viral video about ghosts down in Gettysburg. And uh, speaking of ghosts, uh, next month, October 12th, I will have my one and only appearance all year long. I had a number of events lined up, but obviously with COVID 19, everything scrapped. Uh, But I do have uh, the Westerville Public Library. I will be presenting for my 12th consecutive year. However, I won't be leaving the house. I'll be uh, here in my uh, comfy chair behind the mic in front of the computer uh, doing that class virtually. So it's going to be called Cases and Places Behind the Veil of Ghost Investigation. I'm going to take you on a journey through the most hair-raising cases that I've encountered, as well as a bunch of personal experiences as a paranormal investigator while talking about technology and methodology behind the ghost investigation process. It's going to be a long night. I think it's, uh, geez, uh, well, I think it's only an hour and a half, something like that. I forget. I can't remember what time it starts. It's usually very, very long. And uh, looking forward to it. It's it's a lot different when you're doing virtual classes because you really have to keep people really focused. You know, generally when you're in a library presentation, uh, you know, people can get a little bit bored. They can space out and get on their phone, but they're at least they're still in the room with you. Uh, so if you lose their focus and attention, they could just get up and uh, go watch Fox News or something else. And... Let's see. Well, I'm not going to talk about the calendar. Uh, Paranewsinsider.com. You can check out the events tab at the top. I've got, uh, I haven't updated it this week. I don't think anything really happened this week. This year has been a complete disaster, as I've said, all year long. Um, 
question in chat with the cats. I'm talking about the ones I posted on Facebook. I think I talked about cats last week. Did I? I don't remember. They all kind of blur together. But new cat stories this week. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Some of the stuff that was on my uh, personal Facebook page talked about. I'll be talking about tonight. Some interesting stories stirred up during the week. Took me a second. My mind's doing five different things. So, yeah, let's just jump into the news. What do you say? Instead of uh, hanging around, looking at uh, Cox's conventions, we're not going to do that tonight. We're going to jump right into the news. We've got a ton of stories, a lot of information. And you're going to hear these stories correctly. You're not just going to hear the headlines. You're not going to see the pictures. Well, you're going to see pictures if you're live in chat. I do share some some things uh some of the images, it's kind of hard to describe when you're talking about a video or a photograph if you don't have the means to share that. So I'll be doing that live in chat. So if you're not in chat, join us. Join us. It won't hurt. Uh, we won't bug you. If you don't want to talk, you don't have to. It's no real big deal. Just head on over to paranormalking.com and you'll find the links to join us in chat. We don't bite too much. Uh, so let's head over to Cryptid News, and we're going to head up to, I guess you call it down east when you're up there, but uh, up to Maine, where a large number of big cat sightings uh, pretty much headlined the news this week in the cryptid field. A little different direction than last week, uh, but uh, the big one pretty much out of Maine this week Lori Nichols Kelly of Holden, Maine, and Holden is uh, just east of Bangor, Maine, which is, uh, I forget how far inland it is, like at 45 minutes inland, I think, something like that. Most people, when they go to Maine, they only hug the coast. They don't really go anywhere else. Uh, but it's uh, Holden, Maine. Now, she says she saw a large cat that uh, she knows She's very sure it wasn't a bobcat. It wasn't a lynx, which are, yeah, they look pretty similar. And probably not a mountain lion. So she's not 100% sure. And this happened back on September 10th. She came within 50 yards of a large cat that she says would have come up to her mid-thigh level. Well, we don't know how tall she is, so it's not really saying much. Uh, but we can estimate that's pretty tall, a little larger than a medium-sized dog. Uh, of her encounter, she said, quote, I looked up because I caught movement. We have a lot of deer down here, but I looked up and said, that's not a deer. I'm staring at him and he's staring at me for a good 15 seconds before I said, I'd better do something. So I decided to make believe I was a bear and make myself big. So I did and said, hey, hey, get out of here. You can assume she's waving her arms and stuff. Uh, so the cat uh, did scurry off. Uh, but she said it didn't seem scared by her yelling, which can be a little intimidating, uh, but did turn and walk away into the woods. She was able to get a good look at the cat's coloration, through which makes this uh, story a little bit more mysterious, in my opinion. But, you know, at 50 yards Sometimes it's not completely accurate. She kind of admits this uh, here in the story. So she describes it as, she says, quote, the coat almost looked like a bulldog's fur. It was short fur and shiny. I couldn't take my eyes off the fur. I was just mesmerized 
by the fur, and it was a two-tone cat. I would say the head and back were dark brown, and the rest of the body uh, was medium brown, like the color of a deer, unquote. Um, it kind of goes back and forth, but uh, I would kind of, if it's the color of a deer in the summertime, you know, that could be, could be a mountain lion, but it also could be a bobcat. But she says it's not. So she says it's not. It, it can't be, right? Uh, but she also said that uh, the road that she saw the large cat on was half sun, uh, half sun soaked and the other in shadow. So she wonders if that had to do with why the cat seemed two-toned. Well, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty likely. You know, light and shadow does play a, a really big effect on how we see, especially animals in the woods, because animals' color, uh, their coat, are designed to camouflage them. So it is designed to play off of not just the surroundings, but also the light uh, in which we see them in. And that's why a lot of times people will see mountain lions, uh, especially out west, they'll see a mountain lion and swear it's black. Well, it's a black panther. Well, if you see it with its... Uh, with bright light behind it and you're in front the way that fur will look to you will be much darker than what it actually is so light and shadow does play an effect on this but it doesn't help describe what she saw on the road and this of course is going to lead to the argument this is the first thing i thought of when i was reading through this story why didn't she just take a picture yeah everybody's got a phone uh, most people have a phone strapped to their hand it's almost like surgically implanted into their hand or their face. I couldn't tell you how many times I have to stop where I'm walking and get out of the way before somebody runs me over because their nose is planted on Facebook. Uh, so she says she does have a phone with a camera. Of course, I think pretty much 99% of phones have cameras now. Uh, but she says, quote, I have always said when I got this phone, I'm not going to have it attached to my hip. I can't stand that, unquote. People still carry their phones on their hips, usually their back pocket, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but she now wishes that she would have had it handy so she could have taken uh, a picture of this. It kind of would have helped, but I'm sure at 50 yards away in the woods with uh, kind of bad lighting, I'm not sure what kind of detail we would see. But it would be far better than a Loch Ness Monster photo from three miles away, that's for sure. So this story stirred up opinions that many eastern U.S. states have about mountain lion sightings. Every time there's a story in the Northeast, uh, all these states start talking about mountain lion sightings. Are they here? Are they not here? Uh, experts will tell you that Maine has not seen a mountain lion since 1938, although there has been evidence of cougars moving through the area, which are generally, well, not generally, they are wandering males. So males will be leaving the breeding grounds out west and heading east, uh, unfortunately. Now, there's no girls waiting for them, so they just kind of live out their lives and uh, or make their way back west. Uh, cats are unpredictable, especially large cats, especially mountain lions, highly unpredictable. Where you think they're going to go, they're not going to go. I guess, you know, just like regular cats. They do whatever they want. Uh, but breeding pairs of mountain lions certainly are not in Maine, but are rumored to be in uh, eastern Canada, uh, but not 
definitive. Uh, so the Bangor Daily News asked their readers, have you seen a mountain lion in Maine? 46.9% of the respondents, which is 318 of them, said, yes, I think so. <laughs> Followed by the second highest percentage at 2537 or a total of 172 votes said no, but I know someone who has 98%, or I should say 98 votes, or 14.45% of respondents said no, there are no mountain lions in Maine. Another 90 votes, or 13.27, said maybe. I've seen a big cap, but I'm not sure what it was. Uh, so the total number of votes was 678 and it's really an unscientific poll. So you would expect the results to be more on the side of yes, because that would be uh, who the story would generally attract and people would be enticed to read that and vote on such a story. So it's not really scientific, but I think that's a fair representation of how people believe pretty much even here in Ohio. You know, and whenever I go to speaking events here in Ohio or Pennsylvania, neighboring states, uh, people are very adamant about seeing mountain lions and big cats. Uh, so you'd, you'd think that would be general public. Uh, I don't know if it would be close to 50%, but it would pr yeah, probably be around 30, 25 to 30%, I would say, uh, as a whole. But uh, I've heard a lot of stories out east of mountain lions. And we'll see with uh, COVID-19 and less hunting this year, uh, maybe there'll be a spike again. We haven't really seen much activity out here uh, pretty much in the last decade or so, but there's more. And before I head into the next story, I'm going to take the link and gently place it in the chat room. So if you guys are interested in looking at these stories, uh, more than likely or more than welcome to click on the links and they'll take you to that place. Don't worry, you're not going to watch some video on YouTube. Some guy singing, how much he likes you. So there's that link. And these might not be the popular links that you see on some of the other paranormal websites. Uh, a lot of times I try to narrow down original sites or ones where everyone else is copying from to make it uh, a little bit more factual as far as what you're reading. Uh, so meanwhile, in neighboring New Hampshire... A woman and her daughter-in-law believe they both saw a mountain lion hanging out. Uh, Susan Marks of Freedom, New Hampshire, said she saw a very large animal near her driveway just before noon back on August 27th. And I believe, if I remember correctly, uh, Freedom, New Hampshire is about a three-hour drive from our last story in Maine. So, I don't know, maybe the mountain lion's driving around. Of course, it's... Uh, August 27th and September 10th. So that's that's probably enough time for a mountain lion to wander that, that far. Could be the same cat. Not saying it is, but you never know. Uh, of her encounter, Marks stated, quote, It stood staring in the middle of the road and had a long tail with a curl at the end. Cat-like head and was very large, about the size of a Great Dane or other large animal. I gracefully sauntered off into the woods with cat-like movements. Definitely not like a dog or fox or coyote. Sadly, I did not get a photo, unquote. 
Here we go again. People don't carry their phones in the woods. What's going on with people? And of course, the Department of Fish and Game states they have no evidence that big cats used to roam, or big cats that used to roam the eastern United States are present, especially in New Hampshire. They're very, very adamant about that, that they're not there. Uh, Maine's a little bit more relaxed about that, but they still hold on to the whole 1938 stuff. Uh, while many of these big cat sightings are mistaken identity, again, male mountain lions pass through, the, through this area is not out of the question and not impossible, especially that part of the the, continent, or the United States because, again, they're going east. You know, they're spreading out from the east. Um, but, of course, this doesn't mean that mountain lions are breeding in New Hampshire. I'm not saying that or even anywhere close by, but they've certainly been documented there in the last couple of decades. Now, you might wonder, uh, the closest acknowledged breeding area for mountain lions, it's over 1,500 miles away uh, from Freedom, and it's in the Black Hills of South Dakota. So a lot of these cats have dispersed from California, Washington, British Columbia. They've moved uh, further east, and you know some of these cats will still try to go back west where there's other cats. They'll try to go north and south, and of course they go north. They're going to hit a certain part of Canada where they just don't want to live anymore. So they're going to disperse either west or east. And so uh, a lot of cats have come east. And again, the males are usually going to wander further than the females. They're going to be looking for a female, looking for uh, their own place, their own plot of land to hang out in and to claim as their own. Scratch and pee on the trees as they do. Um, probably do in your house as well. Um, but... Yeah, they don't usually last too long out here uh, in the east, especially if they're not breeding, uh, they're going to die. And of course, South Florida has Florida panthers, but they're pretty much cut off uh, from any contact of any other mountain lions, which is a, a big problem for the, the Florida panther down there in southern Florida. Now, back in 2011, I just want to think it's 20, 2008, but yeah, 2011... Uh, there was a male mountain lion uh, that wandered all the way from the Black Hills. It was struck and killed on the Wilbur Cross Parkway in Milford, Connecticut. Now, initially, officials were swearing up and down this animal was an escapee, uh, uh, exotic animal that somebody let loose or got loose, and despite it not showing any signs of captivity. Uh, but tests came back conclusive that the cat had, in fact, come from the Black Hills area. And that case uh, really turned things upside down. There was uh, sightings a few years prior to that here in Ohio, uh, a bunch in Kentucky uh, that were documented. But again, uh, officials said, no, those are probably just exotic pets. They, they are definitely mountain lions, but they're probably not wild. And of course, uh, once this one was struck in 2011, it really changed how... Uh, the uh, the experts really thought about these mountain lions. And of course, you may wonder, well, what does a mountain lion have to do with cryptozoology? Well, they're not supposed to exist east of the Mississippi River, with the exception, of course, of southern Florida. 
So the Mississippi River provides a very large natural barrier from the west. Uh, that's why you'll see a lot in Canada, and they're coming down from Canada through states like Maine and New Hampshire, uh, probably walking down through into states like Ohio, Pennsylvania, uh, Kentucky, uh, where there's a lot of sightings. There's also a lot of sightings in western Tennessee as well, which those cats are probably have found a way to cross the Mississippi and are crossing the United States through the, the Midwest. You know, they want to see the um, St. Louis Arch, apparently. I don't know. Um, but really interesting. I, I have a soft spot for big cats, especially about wines, and would love to see the day where I get one on my trail cam in my backyard. That would be really, really exciting. I've had everything else, pretty much everything but a bear, well, and an elk, but uh, plenty of large deer and... Everything else you can think of, skunks, possums, rabbits, fox. Anyway, there's a link in the chat room to uh, that story. And now we're going to go a little further south to Tennessee. Why not? Uh, there was a little panic in Tennessee, in eastern Tennessee, uh, last week. Um, so somebody called the police and said, hey, uh, I just saw a tiger walking around in my backyard. That's not good. Uh, the Knox County Sheriff's Office reported that a deputy also spotted the tiger near an industrial park and issued a warning to residents in the area. Be on the lookout for Tony the Tiger. Uh, the Knoxville Zoo reported that all of their tigers were present and accounted for and mysteriously there were no confirmed sightings beyond those two. So whatever was going on stopped. And this made officials think that uh, maybe it's not a tiger because a tiger would wreak havoc, uh, would be very unfamiliar with this uh, setting, and it would probably stick out like a sore thumb, a very large, an orange sore thumb. Uh, however, officials from the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency said that they sent an officer to the area and that officer that responded went out to the area and was able to locate the cat and not only was it not a tiger but don't worry it wasn't a house cat which would have been embarrassing uh, it wasn't a dog spray painted orange uh, but it was in fact a bobcat which is, which is exciting news uh, a picture from the scene shows from a distance uh, that this cat could have been mistaken for a tiger. I, I totally see it. When I first saw the picture, I was like, whoa, that almost does look like a tiger. But I've seen enough pictures, trail cam photographs, and uh, following these stories for a long time that uh, I could tell it's not a tiger. Uh, but there are black and white stripes on the inner leg area. And you, you just kind of, with that illusion, you, you kind of give... Uh, you know, you might start thinking that it could be a tiger, but the short bob tail, not to mention the way the coat is and the, and the body shape, is a dead giveaway. And I do have a, a picture of that I'll share in the chat room for you guys of uh, what they captured. It's a little blurry, but, uh, you know, when are they not blurry, I guess? Uh, let's see. It's here somewhere. Uh... There he, is, there he is, Eastern Tennessee. Uh, so, yeah, he kind of looks a little 
orangish and you can click on that picture in chat and it'll get a little bit bigger but uh, you can tell it doesn't have the telltale stripes and the one thing that stuck out to me uh you know again so i see these pictures all the time and yeah you do look at the tail and the tail does look a little longer but it's not as long as what a tiger would be that's uh, so a bobcat doesn't have to have like a a three inch tail it can be a little longer than that but uh, you can see uh the face on that cat uh you could say that it's tiger-like, but if you look at pictures between a bobcat and a and a lion, or I'm sorry, a, a tiger, you can tell that uh, this is more bobcat face. But he is making a sound, so his mouth is open, or he's he's panting. Uh, so it does make it look a little tigerish, and you do see little stripes on the coat, but they do have that when they're a little younger. So uh, again, it's kind of an illusion. The other thing I looked at. Uh, beyond the coat and the, just really the stance of this cat does not look like a tiger or a mountain lion to me. It's not long enough for a mountain lion. The tail is way too short to be a mountain lion, and the tip is completely wrong for a mountain lion, as is the head. Um, so I know it's not a mountain lion. But uh, one thing you can look at, it's kind of, it might be kind of hard to tell, but the ears are also a dead giveaway. This photo, uh, I've seen a different one. It's a little clearer than this, and the ears are a dead giveaway. I know that sounds weird. Um, but a lot of times you'll see trail cam pictures where you're only seeing part of a head and you have to guess, is that a mountain lion? Is that a bobcat? Is that uh, a dog? Is it a, a fox? Is it a coyote? What could that be? Um, and it's fun to play games with that stuff. But a bobcat uh, also, which is part of the lynx family. So if you've ever seen a lynx, they have those tufted ears. So they have the, the they're kind of pointy, triangular shaped ears with that little hair sticking up in the middle on the top there. Uh, so the shape is, is wrong for a tiger. Tigers are more round, pretty much round. Uh, but you don't usually have to compare a bobcat to a tiger. But um, what kind of concerned me at first when I, when I was looking at the ears, because you always look at the different body parts. You don't look at the whole thing. You look at individual pieces of that cat to figure out what it could be, you know, and you narrow it down. Uh, but the ears, the coloration of the ears, it's pretty much the same way as a tiger. So you're going to have a um, little white area surrounded by black on the back of the ear. But bobcats kind of have a triangular shape to that white patch where a tiger is pretty much round. So there's a, a major difference there. And if you're wondering about mountain lions, uh, they do also have black on the back of their ears. But the big difference is there's a white surrounding the outside. So you can see a bobcat or a mountain lion and pretty much even by an ear instantly tell which cat you're looking at. And, and so they identified that uh, visually as well as through this photograph. I don't know if there was any other evidence to link it as a bobcat, but it's exciting. And not a lot of people get to see bobcats. I know that's one thing that I want to see here in Ohio. I know they're around I've uh, never heard one and I've never seen one, but one day. I mean, also, I really want to see a mountain lion, but uh, that's pretty much probably not going to happen here in Ohio, although I've tried in Florida and Washington, but we shall see. But yeah, definitely a bobcat with that shape, with the tail, with the head, and everything else. Well, a youngster, too. And, uh, yeah, so there it is. So let's go to 
right, so we're done with uh, the east here. We're going to go up north a little bit. We're going to talk about Wisconsin. Wisconsin, no, no nothing about cheese. But we're going to talk about the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. You might have seen this thing float around. Uh, I know I saw it on Reddit a couple of times. I'm not sure if it's back on Facebook again. Uh, but it's been pretty popular on social media. There's a bulletin floating around social media about the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources stating that there are Sasquatch sightings that have occurred in and around the area of the Kettle Moraine State Forest and that campers and hikers are advised to keep a lookout and report any sightings. It also says to hike in pairs and stay on trails, as well as not to run if you encounter a Sasquatch. It also says to attempt to photograph one and notate the time and area, as well as to not go outside of your campsite at night due to most sightings occurring during that time frame. Well, uh, while it does look like an official bulletin, it's got a little number on there. Uh, I think a lot of people would pretty much instantly see the humor and realize that this is a, a fake bulletin. Uh, I've only seen a few people that have posted it wondering if it's real. Uh, a few people that have taken it seriously, trying to convince other people that it's serious. Uh, a lot. I've seen it on a couple of uh, cryptid um pages on reddit and it's it's a joke people are laughing about it so they pretty much understand that it's it's fake uh but the wisconsin department of natural resources responded and says yes definitely not us we've not done that they uh, went on facebook on september 18th they posted an image of the service bulletin on their facebook page with a big fake stamp covering it uh, they stated they did not create it, nor was it created by the U.S. Forest Service. And they also asked to, uh, for your help uh, to stop the spread of false information by helping them by correcting continuing posts. So it's continuing to pop up, and uh, it's bothersome because it's, it's taking away resources. I, I totally get that. Um, you know, they don't have enough time to take care of a lot of stuff they need to be taken care of, let alone answering questions. Uh, about Sasquatch sightings, and here I've got the Facebook post. There you can you can read that. That's a screen cap of the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources uh, response to this back on September 18th. And the alert there also has their official logo there on the bottom, and the U.S. Forest Service stamp. Which man, you got to be careful with that because that's government stuff. But you may wonder where that came from. When I saw it. I uh, responded on Reddit to uh, one of the uh, subreddits, and I said, you know, I've seen this before. It came out a couple of years ago, and sure enough, I did some research on it to uh, let these people know that this is not new. This is not something that's been just created. Uh, it was actually going around. It was actually a pretty big deal back in mid-2018. A lot of people have forgotten about it. A lot of people come and go out of the, the cryptid field, or they just kind of get excited about it for a little bit, and then they go back to uh, whatever it is they're doing. Uh, the original bulletin was created by the Wisconsin-based group who are called the Pine Barrens Institute. And back in July of 2018, the U.S. Forest Service posted a similar warning on Facebook that the bulletin was fake. But the original bulletin created by the Pine Barrens Institute was actually created way back, way, way back in 2018. 
16. Surprised they haven't gotten in trouble by from that, but maybe they didn't know. Uh, but if they're listening to the show, well, sorry guys, got you in trouble. Didn't mean to, uh, but uh, did my homework. But I knew I wasn't the first time I've seen it, and it wasn't changed. And uh, I do know a researcher out in the Kettle Moraine area, and I think he would agree with this. The uh, sightings out there in the Kettle. But uh, that's that's a different story. So let me throw that link in the chat room for y'all. And I think I do believe we have one more story in the cryptid area. And it's your favorite sea monster. Of course, uh, we're going to pack our bags. We're going to jump on a jet. We're going to head overseas to Scotland, where we do have some potentially bad news for those of you who do follow the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, No, she's not dead. Uh, But 56-year-old Andrew Brunton was out near Shannery Point last Tuesday. Uh, yeah, a week ago tonight, he photographed what he what appears to be the head of Nessie coming out of the water. And Shannon Repoint, well, we'll talk about where that's at. Uh, Brunton had traveled to the town of Fortros, which is about six miles east of Inverness. Uh, the area's body, body of water is known as the Moray Firth, and the River Ness empties into the Moray Firth as it flows from Inverness from Loch Ness, which is about six miles further south, so basically 12 miles away. So as the River Ness empties into the Moray Firth, which is uh, it's a triangular inlet um, of the North Sea on the northeast side of Scotland, so apparently Nessie is uh, heading out to open water, you know, from Loch Ness to the River Ness, to this uh, kind of a bay-like thing, and how maybe making her way out to the North Sea. Um, So the assumption here is it's possible that the Loch Ness Monster might be heading out, yes, to the open sea. Maybe she's taking a vacation. Oh, wait, they don't take vacations. They take holidays. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Maybe going to the Caribbean. I don't know. I mean, I doubt it. I I don't think the locals are going to give up on Loch Ness that easy. I'm pretty surprised they haven't squashed this story and said, no, that's not true. She would never leave us. Uh, Like many other pictures similar to the the one that uh, Brunton had, and I'll show here in the chat room in a second. Um, We've talked about this in the past. A, A lot of these stories come out, especially in cryptozoology, and people don't see the object when they took a picture, only when they review them. Um, that's only happened to me one time. Actually, no, it didn't really completely happen because I did see this object later on. But I t- the initial picture I took, I never saw this object. But I, I saw the object, then took pictures of it. Uh, it was actually a submarine coming out of the water. It was a pretty scary thing. But anyway, um, so it's possible that when he took the picture, uh, there's a swimmer in the water. And there's landscape in the back. Maybe he recognized the object and he just kind of passed it off uh, because he saw it and was like, ah, you know, I know what that is. That's nothing to really get uh, excited about. But then you take a whole bunch of pictures and maybe you forgot about it later on. And then, of course, it turns into the Loch Ness Monster. When you can't explain something, it has to be paranormal. Uh, If you see something in the water and you don't know what it is, it has to be the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, that's just how things work, right? Um, 
No, not really. It's not how they should work. But anyway, here's a composite of uh, the original picture there on the left of the strange little thing sticking out of the water. I don't know what that could be. I mean, there's a current, so this water is flowing. So if there's something there, granted, you don't see it on the guy. So um, maybe that answer is out the window. I don't know. Uh, but then there on the right, you see a kind of a blown up piece of this, whatever that thing is sticking out of the water. It could be a swimmer. It might be a guy's arm or something. And then you see below that the famous surgeon's photo of the Loch Ness Monster, which uh, that toy submarine. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that's an exciting story. That's actually one of the closest and clearest photos of the Loch Ness Monster we've had probably 50 years. I'm not saying it's a Loch Ness Monster, just something weird. That's, uh, you know, about eh, a dozen miles or so from where Loch Ness Monster sightings generally are seen. You know, throw that link in the chat room as well. And we're done. We're done with Cryptid. Uh, we're going to jump into UFO news. And today, uh, well, today it's two days past. So uh, Sunday, this past Sunday was September 20th. And of course, if you remember, if you were here last year, uh, the number two story of the top 10 paranormal news stories of 2019 was the Storm Area 51 event. And yes, I heard a collective groan for the audience. Uh, yes, one year ago this past Sunday, the big day that social media all looked forward to um, before the, uh, yeah, the air was let out of that balloon. Um, one of the most viral, if not the most viral Facebook events ever created was supposed to take place on September 20th, 2019. Uh, there's T-shirts, songs, all sorts of stuff about that event. Uh, the storm and a beer. Bud Light. Never did get my hands on one of those. Uh, the Storm Area 51 event fell apart weeks before it was supposed to take place. All that buildup and hype. And the uh, people got greedy, I guess. Let me just put it that way. And all that greed uh, just kind of uh, ripped the whole thing apart. So it all fell apart. Uh, and the event, the event actually broke off from being the original Storm Area 51. Let's all gather here. Uh, kind of broke off. Maddie Roberts, who originated the event back on June 27th of 2019, well, he decided to hold an event in Las Vegas called Alien Stock. And a lot of people did show up to that. A lot of people went down to Vegas to try their luck in the casinos and the gas stations. And uh, I don't know how, how that worked out for them. Uh, with the event in Rachel in question, leading up to the event, there was no wonder that the turnout was way less than spectacular. Uh, but Connie West, who's the owner of a small motel called the Little Ailey Inn, uh, she was asked to help Roberts with planning an event to take place uh, on her property, uh, all up until he suddenly pulled out on September 9th. And then he turned around and threatened litigation against her when she wanted to continue to hold an event on her property. Well, a lot of people were already booked. A lot of people were already coming. It was a little too late to change gears at that point. Uh, Rachel, Nevada, where this was supposed to take place, you can't even call it a town. Uh, there's uh, a population of 54 people, and it's in the middle of nowhere, like literally nowhere. Yeah, it's a little blip on the map, uh, but there's 
that's it. The little alien is the only like business in town. Uh, potential onslaught of rowdy people showing up caused the Lincoln County uh, officials to use uh, emergency money. They had to dig deep in their pockets to bring in water and other necessary services, gasoline trucks, uh, EMS, porta potties, you name it, uh, to make sure things didn't get too out of hand or, uh, you know, people getting uh, dehydrated and, and baked in the sun or freezing at night because it gets super cold out there at night. Uh, but despite a handful of arrests, multiple injuries, and two cows that were killed by cars, it was a giant disappointment. I mean, there's probably more media bloggers that were out there than actual participants to it. And just really a, just a bunch of people that wanted attention. I mean, it, it was it was a big disappointment. But then again, uh, there was uh, all sorts of events all over the place. And it, I think it just kind of stretched out the people that were there throughout the three-day weekend. The people were just all over the place. They weren't really congregated together. Uh, and one year later, as we look at the count, the county, the town, as well as the little alien, they're all struggling to get back to normal. And then you throw in COVID-19 on top of all of that to make things worse for them. Lincoln County is still out of their $200,000, which again hurt even more with COVID-19. Multiple businesses suffered large losses and the event itself divided the town of Rachel and feelings are still causing issues in the town. People don't talk to each other. And Connie West, she says, quote, I've known these people for a very long, long time. Alien stock made me see some ugly in people that I never thought were that deep and ugly right here in my community, unquote. Uh, West also said the event cost her at least $200,000, and the loss keeps climbing with mounting legal bills. And West is due back in court in February of next year as uh, she has a countersuit also against Roberts, who at 21 years old might be dealing with the ramifications of an online joke for years to come. And it could be a financial burden for him as well. Uh, the two are currently fighting over the rights to Alien Stock. The name Alien Stock, is that really worth fighting over? Uh, among other things, there's a lot of other uh, bad blood and heated uh, legal arguments going on between the two. Now, West had talked about putting on an event for 2020 shortly after last year's event, uh, but in May, she officially pulled the plug due to COVID-19, but still plans on capitalizing on the popularity of the 2019 event in the future, despite the issues brought to her and her community. Uh, Jorg Arnu, who's the webmaster for Rachel Nevada's website, uh, tried to keep people away last year from the event by using the city's website, the town's website, village, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this effort might have kept a small segment of people away who were looking for information, uh, but his efforts also led to him being the leader of an opposition of people against the town being bombarded by drunk, pretty much high and rowdy people. Uh, so there's a, a big contingency of the town that didn't want this event, didn't want the people. They moved out there for a reason, to be out and away from large crowds and large amounts of people, especially people with tinfoil hats. 
Uh, Arnu states that the town is still two camps with one backing him and the other backing Connie West. Uh, he says, quote, there's a lot of animosity all of a sudden. Rachel was a very friendly town where everybody knew everybody. Everybody greeted everybody, waved at everybody. Now it's come down to the exact opposite. No one even wants to talk to anyone anymore. And the two camps don't talk. Unquote. Uh, Arnu also states that despite being in a remote area, he and others have complained about trespassers on their property. Uh, there was also an event scheduled in Heiko last year that piggybacked off of the original event. This one at the uh, Area 51 base camp at the Alien Research Center prepared for 25 to 35,000 people coming to that event over the three-day weekend. But instead, were greeted with 8,500 over the first two days. And uh, events were canceled halfway through the weekend. So like Saturday afternoon, they pulled the plug on it and opted not to go through because there just wasn't enough people there. Uh, George Harris, who operated the Alien Research Center, uh, he still operates that, uh, says he lost about $42,000. And it's going to take about four or five years to pay back the bank loan. And despite this, he too looks forward to putting on another event in the future. I guess nobody learns stuff like this. I mean, money only gets you so far in life. Um, but all the negative stuff that comes with this, I just don't think it's worth it. I mean, sell some T-shirts. Jeez. Uh, but the amount of money that, uh, you know, Connie West is out of and these other people are out of all this money to, to turn around and want to do it again. I just, you can't predict stuff like that. Uh, you don't know how many people are going to show unless you sell tickets, which I, I don't know if anybody remembers me talking about that. That's what I said they should have done. That way they could have estimated how many people were going to show up a little bit better. And they would have realized that they were overshooting by quite a bit. And you can't take a meme on Facebook seriously. Uh, you don't know what's really going to happen. Yikes. But we, I just really hope that nothing else happens out there again. It's just uh, what an embarrassment especially for the UFO field. Just not kind of something that people really want to talk about uh, anymore. So, speaking of UFOs, last week I talked about the viral videos that erupted from numerous sightings of what was thought to be a UFO hovering over New Jersey. Well, of course, that uh, was Monday night and in town for a football game also on Monday night uh, was the Goodyear Blimp. And it turned out that those sightings were of the Goodyear blimp, even people that were pretty close to it. I don't know, I guess your eyes get blurry and you can't tell what's floating in the sky in front of you. Uh, granted, it's not the first time this has happened. And obviously the Goodyear blimp has been involved in numerous stories uh, that I've covered here on the show over the last few years. Uh, people just aren't used to seeing it. I'm used to seeing it because uh, it's actually based in, one of them is based in Akron, Ohio, which is about uh, 20 minutes away from where I'm sitting. I've uh, kayaked out in the Wingfoot Lake where it's housed in the hangar. I've seen it float around since I was a kid. Uh, so I'm pretty used to seeing it. I'm used to seeing the old one, the old gray and black one. Uh, but now it's all blue and yellow. It looks pretty cool. It's a little smaller. 
now. Maybe I'm just bigger. I don't know. Uh, but there's also been a pretty big uptick in uh, videos on UFOs in the last few years, especially this year where UFOs is pretty much the most popular paranormal topic overall, I would say. And uh, also, there's a little bit of a focus on UFO videos and algorithms have gone a little crazy on a fairly new social media platform. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's called TikTok. I'm an, I'm an old guy. I don't I don't know these things. TikTok. Uh, in an article published by Insider.com, no relation to the show, Insider.com. Uh, I wish I had that website. Uh, they discussed the platform's ability to quickly make these short videos of purported UFO settings that go vir- viral very quickly, especially based on these algorithms. When somebody posts something, uh, the way those algorithms work, it's a little different than Facebook, a little different than Twitter. Uh, so stories can really spiral out of control pretty quickly. Um, so TikTok, if you haven't heard of, of, of TikTok or you don't use it because you're you're older than 17, uh, it's kind of like a combination of the retired Vine. You remember Vine? So it had short videos, but it's kind of, to me, it's more like YouTube with short videos. People can kind of edit things. Uh, they last from about three seconds to about 60 seconds. And it's kind of formatted like Twitter. So it's it's kind of it's just kind of a mesh of different things. Of course, it's a new, it's pretty much the newest large social media platform. And TikTok, you probably know this, you've probably heard it in the news, is based in China. And it's also, again, one of the newest social media platforms. It actually debuted in 2016, but didn't reach the United States market and other countries until August 2nd of 2018. So it's it's a youngster. Um, it's no MySpace. Uh, last year, TikTok became the center of national security concerns and other various aspects of data collection and sharing uh, and other social media aspects or social aspects uh, because of this. Um, according to the article here on insider.com, Uh, The platform is built perfectly for viral videos like UFO sightings that will spread quickly using the algorithms in place with a mostly younger and impressionable audience. And the popularity of these videos is is staggeringly high. So anything questionable, anything hilarious, people falling off of tables, uh, cats scratching people, that's all popular. And it's highly addictive as well. So it's more addictive than Reddit from what I hear. Uh, Of course, with social media, it's all about statistics. How many people like or love or watch your content is tied to our egos. And of course, everyone wants to be noticed. So videos like this, whether the person filming this actually believes it's a UFO or knows it's not, uh, it's pretty much irrelevant. It's, it's been that way for a long time. It's nothing new. And uh, I compare that to the viral hoaxing of Bigfoot videos, which has been a pretty big thing for quite a long time now, many people don't believe in bigfoot yet they put these videos together trying to fool people into believing that they filmed the bigfoot they have their sister or their mom go out in the woods with a hoodie on and imitate the patterson gimlin film which is pretty much the blueprint for all these hoaxed uh, videos and people just put this stuff on and, and hopes that uh that a lot of people click on it and if they monetize it then you know they get a little three dollars at the end of the month 
but three dollars is three bucks, you know. And of course, UFO videos have been around for a long time and have been hoaxed for about the same amount of time as Bigfoot stuff. So these videos, unfortunately, and you know, I've talked about this off and on for years on this show. Uh, it's part of the the culture of the paranormal. It's an imitation of culture. Uh, people kind of that's how they poke fun at it. But they know that people are interested in it. People believe, or they at least they want to believe. And unfortunately, um, you know, to me, it takes away from what we do. But again, it's part of the culture. But at least it does keep people interested in UFOs or Bigfoot, uh, whatever you're into. But uh, again, I think, unfortunately, we spend so much time talking about the things that aren't real that we're uh, sometimes not able to really focus on these stories that may actually have something to do with what we hope to uh, discover out there. And speaking of discovering things out there, our final story of the night takes place in Gettysburg. Yes, and ghost news, we've got a video that reminds us of Halloween. Seeing ghosts, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'm doing a presentation on ghosts. I'm kind of excited about that. And it's, you know, it's almost October. Pretty soon. Oh, what is that, Wednesday? No, it would be Thursday, right? So we got uh, just over a week. Yeah, it's Thursday is the 1st of October. Already a week and two days away. So it's coming. So once the calendar hits October, I mean, the weather here in Northeast Ohio, it's pretty much like fall. I don't know about where you're at, but it's uh, pretty cold at night, low, mid-40s. It does still get into the 70s during the day sometimes. Uh, but the weather's coming. It's changing. And uh, all the harvest stuff is out. Halloween stuff is out. Uh, we're going to have uh, some sporadic Halloween here and there celebrating Halloween. Uh, but a lot of communities are not. I've uh, read a ton of stories on haunted houses. Uh, some places are having them. Some places are not. So we're kind of affected with COVID-19, but it doesn't matter. It's that time of the year. Halloween is here. Uh, again, there's a lot of band-aids limiting or eliminating haunted houses, trick-or-treating and all that. But it's not going to stop all these stories. And I think we're going to start getting a lot of videos, a lot of stories popping up about ghosts and maybe more UFO stuff, especially with football. It seems like uh, UFOs follow football games because of the skydivers and uh, the blimp and all that stuff. But, yeah, we're going to start seeing an influx on social media and the news for that matter. And a story that's gained uh, quite a bit of traction very quickly is a story, again, out of Gettysburg, where a tourist spotted, and that's the key word here, spotted what he is convinced of, and very convinced, is proof of ghosts. So it's a viral video that's been shared on the New York Post all the way to the British tabloid The Sun. Uh, it's all over the place. Um so if you've not seen this, I'll describe it. Uh, it's really hard to describe a video or show it with photos. But uh, So he's driving in the vehicle, and you can see the road. He's filming out of the, the windshield of the car, and off to the side of the road, 
you see a, a pair of cannons sitting there, you know, old school Civil War cannons just sitting there uh, pointed toward the sky. And suddenly, off the side of the road, not one, no, not one, but two Civil War ghosts suddenly walk from around the cannon out in front of the car. I mean, it's true. I saw it. It's on the internet. It's got stories. Uh, it's on YouTube. So it's got to be real. I mean, it's on the internet. It's got to be real. But I'll be honest with you. Uh, when I saw it, I got a huge smile on my face. I started kind of laughing to myself. And I was actually jumping up and down. I was very excited to see this video because it reminds me of my all-time favorite ghost video. Ah. <sighs> It's it's it, it's just by far my favorite ghost. It kind of wraps up the entire ghost field in a nice twenty second clip. It's it's beautiful, and I'll describe that one. Uh, so it's a uh, same concept. A person's driving in a car. Somebody's filming out of the windshield, and you're driving down a kind of a twisty little road here. There's trees on both sides of the road. When suddenly. What appears to be a misty shape comes out of the woods and walks right across the street, right in front of the car. Just like this Gettysburg photo. I mean, there's got to be something to this. They're both very similar. Uh, that video that I just described, it's about 15 years old, or maybe even older than that. Uh, but we uh, take a little closer look. They're both very similar in a number of ways. Uh, they got a couple of things in common here. One, both were shot through the windshield of a car. It's very important with a phone or a camera that is held by the hand. You can tell because the camera turns differently than where the cars turn. So you see more of uh, the side of the vehicle or the front, the front end, the hood. You see, you can tell that the camera is panning. It's changing angles. Very important. Uh, those two details are very important here. Um, secondly, and the telltale sign here of what we're looking at, both of these windshields have smudges on them, either bugs or water or other debris that's on the windshield. And what this does is this creates the illusion of movement across the road. So the camera in both videos seems to struggle with the focus between the close object and the scene in the background. And what this does, uh, it causes some confusion and adds to the dramatic effect of what seems to be a translucent being walking through the background. And you can easily see the smudge. Uh, if you looked at the video of Gettys this Gettysburg ghost, there's two ghosts, but the, if you look at the one on the bottom right, because you'll see the ghosts right away when you watch the video, like, holy smokes, those are ghosts. But... If you go back and you watch it, even at full speed, it's, it's easier to see in full speed than the slow-mo. Uh, don't ask me why, because to me it is. Uh, you'll see a line, I don't know what else, to, what else to call it, but I guess a line of filth. It's almost like a straight line at the bottom. You'll see like a solid gathering. So it might be like bird poop. And if you follow that, you'll see that it's it's actually goes across the, the cannon. So there's... Uh, as the car moves left, the camera pans to the right. It's actually focusing on the landscape, but the car, as the car moves, uh, it makes the camera move, which makes the smudge appear to move 
to the left. And it also moves against the bright white background of the cannons, giving it, again, the illusion of movement. The shadow or this uh, um, thing isn't really moving. So if you put your, and this is what I, I tell people with the other video, if you put your finger on the smudge on your computer screen or your phone screen and you follow it as it moves, you're going to see that it's just a smudge. It's not a ghost. Uh, and I guarantee the fun of it being a ghost is going to be eliminated just as fast as a towel and Windex remove smudges from your car windshield. And again, it's hard to see this in photographs, but I'm going to throw you a composite of this. I always feel bad when I spoil good, good videos, but you know, the truth, truth should be known. I mean, you can believe what you want to believe, but uh, you can see there a composite on the top. There is uh how many seconds? 20 some odd seconds into this video. And you can see the smudge just to the right of the cannons. And then the, the smudge turns into a ghost. But you can tell it's just a smudge. And you can see uh, there as well on the top right. I don't know what that is. Lots of, well, no, that's just the statue there. I can't see the one on the top left. But there's supposedly two ghosts. But they're both smudges on the windshield. It's just an illusion. And I've seen quite a few ghost investigators pop up. And uh, say this as well, that it's just a smudge. Of the great work, by the way, if you've done that. Um, but again, I've already seen videos like this. This happens a lot. Um, it's just a smudge. It's, it's, it's just a smudge. Um, but yeah, the, the backlighting, the camera movement, uh, the, the camera focus, all of these things give us this illusion of of movement and of a ghost but yeah but again you can believe what you'd like but uh i know what i see but i will see you next week and this is me signing out i appreciate everybody showing up in the chat room tonight i appreciate you guys keeping me company so i don't feel like i'm talking to myself which i'm in a room talking to myself but it's still a lot of fun to see you guys in chat. So I appreciate you all being there. I appreciate you listening live or otherwise. If you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday or January 17th, 2025, either way, I appreciate you. And uh, I thank you for stopping in and listening to the show. Be sure to tune in next week and check out the website, paranewsinsider.com for more information about the paranormal, all the stories, events happening in your area but in the meantime keep your eyes in the skies your ears in the woods the hair standing on the back of your neck and always keep your mind slightly ajar but don't let your brains fall out above all else don't stop believing for the paranormal news insider this is dr brian d parsons reporting <laughs>